That kind of thing. Well, good morning, everybody. You can find your seat in just a moment. Hey, you guys have probably recognized this is kind of a special Sunday already. You might have noticed something maybe is a little bit different, uh, a little bit different. Where are my kids on kids at? Let's see. Just a show. Come on, guys. Make some noise. You don't have to just raise your hand, right? You're in with us. Hey, I want to say here at the beginning to our Kids on Kids who are in with us for Family Sunday, I just want to say you guys are our welcomed guests. You are so, we are so excited that you're here. You guys are the honored members of this morning, all right? So we are pumped that you are here. Uh, you guys can get as much popcorn and Coke as you want, all right? I'm just going to go ahead and give you that permission. Don't even ask your parents. You can get as much popcorn and Coke as you want. Right, and then you can go home with your parents afterwards, right? Just go on. Man, I'm excited you guys are here this morning. We'll get started in just a second with the rest of this service. But we've been in the At The Movie series for all the month of November. Just my favorite time of the year. I love November. I like it more than Christmas. I like it more than any other time of the year. Because it's just an awesome time for us to come together and look at some movies and see how God's truth is portrayed in those. And then see the truth of the Bible that we can pull out and we can learn from it each week. So week one, we started with Guardians of the Galaxy. We talked about how we are misfits, but we're God's misfits. We're a part of his purpose. And then in week two, last week, looked at one of the greatest stories of our time, right? The Lion King. Come on, somebody. Come on. I was trying to learn how to sing the opening song. I was going to sing it for you guys. Pink pajamas, penguins on the bottom, right? Anybody with me? Nobody's. Anyways, I, I practiced this week for that one. But we learned about how we can fit into God's purpose and how we can fit into the plan that he has for the world, how we can step into our place in that plan. Well, today we're going to kind of change the channel and look a little bit at a different type of movie, and that is we're going to look at Toy Story 4. All right, everybody? So who's already seen Toy Story 4? Let's just see. All right, somebody, right? You're with me. Those of you who haven't seen it, it's been out a while, so spoilers ahead, all right? I'm just going to go ahead and, and throw that out there. I'm not making any apologies for it. We are going to spoil that movie good and proper for you, all right, everybody? But who's, who's seen any of the Toy Stories? Anybody? Anybody seen at least one, two, three, four? All right, most of us. All right, so you've seen them. So turn to the person next to you this morning. As we get started, tell them, you've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your night. So if you're over the age of 15 this morning, you probably think that I tricked you. You probably think, right, it's a toy movie. We got kids in with us. It's just going to be. But I would encourage you, don't check out this morning. Because if there's anything that Pixar does better than any company on the planet is they take toys and they take bugs and robots and cars and planes and they give them a story that applies to everybody, no matter what season of life you're in. I guarantee you there's something here for everybody. There's something in this movie for everybody. If you haven't seen any of the Toy Story movies, they're about a group of toys that belong to this kid named Andy. And he grows up in the first, second, and third movies. Andy grows up. And then in the fourth movie, you see this at the end of the third. You see this where he passes his toys on to this little girl named Bonnie. And now Andy's toys have to figure out their place in Bonnie's world because she has all of her toys as well. Then she has all of Andy's toys. And they're trying to figure out their place. They're trying to figure out where they fit in and how they work. Because you've got the different ones. You've got Sheriff Woody. He's a classic, right? Any Sheriff Woody fans? Anybody? I thought about having you sit in different sections based on who you like, right? On who you're... But Sheriff, he's right. He runs the toys in Andy's room. He's the leader. He's kind of the classic Toy Story toy. Then you have Buzz Lightyear. Any Buzz fans? Any more? A little more. All right. We have more Buzz fans than, than Woody fans. All right. Well, Buzz is kind of Woody's nemesis until they become best friends in the first movie. And they kind of learn to grow with each other. But Bonnie and Woody now are off. Bonnie, the little girl, she's off to her first day of kindergarten. And Woody goes with her. 
And if there's anything that Pixar does better than anyone else, and Toy Story 4 does, is introduce us to new friends that maybe don't look exactly how you think they should. Hello, Forky. It's nice to meet you. I'm Miss Wendy. His name is Forky. Oh, wow. That is so cool. I finished kindergarten. Uh, no. That, that, that was just orientation. But for being such a brave girl, we have a surprise for you. What is it? <laughs> Since school doesn't start for another week, we are going on a road trip. Can I bring Forky? Of course you can. Yay! <laughs> And they said I shouldn't go to school with Bonnie. We got this kindergarten thing under control, eh? I can't believe I'm talking to a spork. <laughs> we thought we'd wake you up this morning, all right? We thought we would. We'd make sure you're awake. So in this scene, we watched Bonnie take... Right, she took some pipe cleaners and a popsicle stick and right, what I think was gum. And she handcrafts, she creates this little creature that she calls Forky. And she takes this stuff out of the trash and she makes this creation. And if you follow with me, it kind of reminds me of our origin story as humanity. About how we were created. It says in Genesis 2-7, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed in the nostrils the breath of life. And he became a living being. You see, what the Bible teaches us is God took ordinary stuff. He took the dust of the earth, the dirt of the ground. He took ordinary stuff and he made something extraordinary. He breathes into it emotion and he breathes into it animation and soul and spirit and life. And it's how we come alive. You see, in the same way that Bonnie created Forky, God has created us. She echoes that idea that we have a creator. That we are created, and I know that's under attack nowadays, this idea, but it's true that we have a creator who loves us and created us extraordinary for a purpose. But for Forky, this puts him in a little bit of an existential crisis, right? He's kind of, kind of in between, because for Forky, he's not quite like all of the other toys. Oh. 
Oh, he did go to kindergarten. I knew it. No, no, you're no, trying guys, to get listen, Bonnie in trouble. No, of course not. You could have been confiscated. What does that mean? Taken away. <gasps> no! Or worse, you could have been lost. No, 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 guys, listen. Bonnie had a great day in class, and we're going on a road trip. Road trip? Vacation! <laughs> but then something really weird happened. Bonnie made a friend in class. What a oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. Hey... It's okay. Come on out. That's it. Come on. There you go. Come on. Let's get you out of there. You got this. Good. Good. Everyone, I want you to meet Forky. Look how long his arms are. Trash? No. No. Toys. They're all toys. Trash. No, no, no. That's the trash. These are your friends. Hello. Hi. Ah. <gasps> trash. Shh. No, no, it's okay. Trash. Woody, I have a question. Um, well, trash. actually, not just one. I have all of them. Trash. I have all the questions. Uh, why does he want to go to the trash? Because he was made from trash. trash. Look, I know this is a little strange, but you got to trust me on this. Trash. Forky is the trash. most important toy trash. to Bonnie right now. Important? He's a spork. Yes, yeah, I know, but this spork, this toy is crucial to Bonnie getting adjusted to kindergarten. Woody, aren't you being a little dramatic about all this? I know this is new to everybody, but you should see how much this little guy means to Bonnie. When she started playing with him, she had the biggest smile on her face. I wish you could have seen it. Bonnie was really upset, and I swear, once she made Forky, it was a complete transformation. Oh, Woody? Just a second, Jesse. So... We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Something happened to him. <laughs> oh, shoots and ladders. Oh, trash. No, no, no. No, no, no. You're a toy now, Forky. Come on. Stop. Stop it. Ain't... No, no, no. Come on. Oh. Well, I guess I'll just babysit him till he's used to the room. Forky? Where are you, Forky? There you are. I thought I'd lost you, silly. <sighs> See, Forky's existence was trash. He came from the trash, he loves the trash, he wants to get back to the trash. That's how he sees himself, but all of a sudden everything has changed in his life. He's become a toy. And he has to accept this new role as a toy, and it's, it's just driving him out of what you might call his mind. And so Sheriff Woody, throughout this entire movie, has to find a way to convince Forky that he's not trash, that he's something extraordinary. And it has Forky asking these questions throughout the entire movie. Uh, and they're very normal questions that we ask ourselves. And here are the questions that I want to kind of look at this morning. And that is, who am I and why am I here? It's the questions Forky asked throughout the entire movie. Who am I and why am I here? And it's very human questions to gravitate towards. If you put those into Google, you'll get 1.3 billion websites that will try to help you answer that question. Because as humans, we gravitate towards it. We ask, who am I? Why am I put here? What is my purpose in this universe? It's why today I want to look at the book of Ephesians, because the book of Ephesians is focused on answering those two questions. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 talk about who we are, and chapters 4, 5, and 6 talk about why we're here. And it answers those questions because as Christians, the order is very important, because once you know the who, then you'll know the why. 
Once you understand the who, then you'll understand why we're here. So chapter 2 sets it up. It sets up the nature of God in order to understand who we are. And it says in verse 4, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. And transgressions is another word for sin there. And it says, by grace you have been saved. Now, there's a lot packed into that little verse. And so I want to start it off just by pointing at a couple of areas in here. It says, God's very nature is love. As God's very nature is that his great love for you created us. He created us who is rich in mercy. So what do we mean by rich in mercy? Well, mercy is having compassion for someone who's not able to pull themselves out of their situation. If you notice the parallels between God and compassion and mercy for us, because mercy is being pulling someone out of a situation where they have no power to change it themselves. And God was rich in mercy for you. And the scripture says when we were dead in our sins. Now, sin, if you notice, sin has permeated almost every part of society. When you look at any kind of evil in our society at the root of it, if you look at the cause, it's sin. And sin is saturated and soaked everything that there is. Everything is covered in it. And so God sees the brokenness and the dysfunction that comes from that sin. And so he knows that he has to eradicate it from his creation. Now, the only way that God can do that is through judgment. The only way to pull sin back out and to destroy it is through judgment. Now, the problem, if you're following, the problem with that is we also are covered in sin. We also have sin a part of our lives. Sin and its evil and its dysfunction has caused us to participate with it. And so we're covered. And so then we are also the object of that judgment. If you follow the logical path of it, we are the object of the judgment that's meant to eradicate sin. It should fall on us. But God, in his infinite mercy, and because God's love for us and is rich in mercy, because of that, he said, no, no, I don't want to destroy you. Instead of my judgment falling on you, I'm going to send my son. Jesus, I'm going to send my son who is the faultless one, who's going to live a life of no sin, who's going to be faithful when we are faithless, who's going to stand on this world and be the one who is blemishless. And he's going to be the one that takes the judgment upon himself. He takes all of the sin of the world upon himself at the cross. He takes all of the judgment upon himself, the judgment that we deserved. That's what that verse says when he's rich in mercy. He's going to take it and he's going to save us from that judgment. And not only save us, not only is that all that God has done for us, and it is enough, but not only that, but then he's also going to reconnect us with our creator. Jesus came so we'd be reconnected with the father again. And then not only would we have salvation, but then we would have eternal life with him. That we would be able to live an eternal life with him. And so where there was no future for us, now there is a future. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. That is what God has done for us. That is the good news of the world. If you're here today and you've never had a chance to reconnect with your creator, you've never had that chance, you've never accepted that gift, you're still in your sin, you're still the object of that judgment, this morning I want to give you a chance. By the end of this message, I want to give you a chance to reconnect with the one who created you and created you for a purpose. The one who made you and loves you and gives you value. The one who had mercy on you and sent his son. I want to give you a chance to reconnect with him. That you can live in the purpose that he has for you. In fact, in the movie, you see the echoes of the gospel throughout the entire movie. You see this echo of what the Bible is teaching and the truth of the gospel. So all the toys go on a road trip now. You heard about that, right? They're going on a road trip. And Forky is fighting this newfound role as a toy. And he's trying with everything inside of him to get back to the trash. We'll, we'll just be stuck in an RV. He can't get far. I got this. I got it. Yourself away. 
made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. Right, Forky's existence, so, so Woody jumps after him, all right? Woody jumps after him to save Forky, because that's what Woody does. If you've seen any of the other movies, Woody does not leave a toy behind. He never leaves a man back, right? He goes after him, and not just jumping out of the RV. Throughout the entire movie, and I'll spoil it for that, the entire movie, Woody gives of himself to save Forky. He gives of himself to save him. He gives everything he can. He sacrifices every part of himself in order to save Forky, to keep him safe so that he and Bonnie can be reunited, so they can be back together. For we were once dead by the power of sin, but he has made us alive by the power of Christ. Without regard for his own life, Jesus laid down his life for us. Without regard for his own safety, Jesus laid down his life. He saves us. He protects us so we can be reunited with our heavenly father. Gives of every part of himself, his own life, without regard for his own glory, without regard for his own existence or safety. He gives up his life. He gives up his life so we can be reunited. It's not just to make us alive again through salvation. He doesn't do it just to that. He has even more for us. Check it out in verse 6. It says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his what? In his kindness. The incomparable riches of his grace to his kindness. You see, God didn't just save you to survive. God didn't just save you so you could be saved and then you just survive until Jesus comes back. No, he saved you so you could thrive. He saved you for a purpose that he has for you in this world because of his kindness. He says, I, don't, I want you only not only to be saved, but I want to show up in your life and show off. 
God is saying, I want to be a part of your life so others look at you and see what I have done. And they can see the purpose that I put into you and the creation that I have for you. And he says this so that you can understand that you are no longer trash. You are God's treasure. That you're no longer a part of the trash. You are God's treasure. For it's by grace you have been saved. Say that word grace with me. Grace. It's by grace that you've been saved. It's by grace that you're no longer trash, but you're part of the treasure. It's by grace through faith and not of yourselves. It's the one, the gift of God, that by, not by works, that no one can, be, can, no one can boast. That nobody else can boast in this, that by grace you have been saved, that you are God's handiwork, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That you have been saved by grace, you have been created by God, you are his treasure to do the good works he's prepared for you, that he has a purpose for every single one of you. That he has a purpose for you to live out. Guys, in this passage, I just want to show you two reasons why God made you. Two reasons, and there are more than two, and some are more specific than others. But from here, I just want to show you two powerful reasons why God put you on planet Earth. And the first one is this, that God created you to receive his love. That God created you to receive. You're supposed to be divine receptacles of God's love. God's love in our lives. In fact, we see this interesting turn that's happening in the life of Forky in this movie because of Bonnie's love for him. Because of Bonnie's love for him, he's been transformed from trash into a toy. And now he's something else entirely. He's a treasure. He's Bonnie's treasure. And you notice because Bonnie loves him, he has value and he has dignity now. Because Bonnie loves him, he's something else altogether. He's something extraordinary. But he doesn't see himself that way. And he's done everything he can to see himself as trash. He sees his identity as trash. So now Woody has to figure out some way to get Forky to understand who he is. Forky! Forky, where are you? Forky! Forky, where are you? Carry me? No. Why do I have to be a toy? Because you have Bonnie's name written on the bottom of your sticks. Why do I have Bonnie's name written on the bottom of my sticks? Because she... Look, she plays with you all the time, right? Uh, yes. And who does she sleep with every night? The big, white, fluffy thing? No, not her pillow. You. Uh. All right, Forky, you have to understand how lucky you are right now. You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Huh? What? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Doing it for Bonnie. Doing this for Bonnie. Doing it for Bonnie. Okay. Like it or not, you are a toy. Maybe you don't like being one, but you are one nonetheless, which means you are going to be there for Andy when he comes. Who's Andy? I mean Bonnie. You have to be there for Bonnie. That is your job. Well, what's your job? Well, right now, it's to make sure you do yours. Carry me? No! Who's Andy? Andy was my other kid. You had another kid? Yeah, yeah. For a long time. It was pretty great. I was a favorite toy, actually. Running the room was my job. 
Keeping all the toys in place. So he thought Andy's room was a planet? Wow, that is messed up. Right, that's exactly what I thought when he first showed up. <laughs> I mean, how is that not annoying? Thank you. Well, then you watch him grow up and become a full person. And then they leave. They go off and do things you'll never see. I... Don't get me wrong, you, you still feel good about it, but then somehow you find yourself, after all those years, sitting in a closet, just feeling... Useless? Yeah. Your purpose fulfilled? Exactly. Woody, I know what your problem is. You do? You're just like me. Trash! What is it with you and trash? It's warm. Ew. It's cozy. I guess. And safe. Like somebody's whispering in your ear, everything's gonna be okay. Forky, that's it. That's how Bonnie feels when she's with you. She does? Yes! Wait a sec. You mean she thinks I'm warm? Yep. And cozy? Uh-huh. And sometimes kind of squishy? Well, that too, yes. I get it now. I'm Bonnie's trash. Yes. Wait, what? I am Bonnie's trash. No, 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 oh, not man, exactly. She must be yeah. feeling awful without me. Woody, we gotta get going. She needs me. Yeah. Wh hey, Bonnie, I'm coming. Bonnie, I'm coming. He's almost got it, right? He's almost, he's, he's almost there. But for Forky, being trash is comfortable. You heard him say it, right? He says, you know, I love trash. It's warm. It's cozy, right? It's comfortable. It's kind of squishy. For him, that's what's comfortable. That's what he wants to be. It's what's easy to be. Because embracing something different, becoming a toy, or embracing a new type of life is difficult for him. And so he wants to get back to the trash. And I think it's very similar for a lot of us. I think it's very similar. See, we would rather stay in our dysfunction. We would rather stay in the way that we are instead of embracing the identity God has for us. Because it's easier to stay the way that we are. Dysfunctional as it is, broken as it is, it's easier to stay the way that we are. It's what's easy because being something different oftentimes takes something from us. Sometimes, sometimes it takes an effort from us. It takes an energy. We would rather stay. For instance, culture gives us all these scripts, ready-made scripts about who we should be. And culture tries to tell us who we should be. And it gives us this easy road to be that. In fact, culture will try to tell you that you are defined by your diagnosis. That that's just who you are. That you're defined by your diagnosis. That, that you're either anxious or depressed. And that's just who you are and who you'll ever be. But God says, no, that you're a child of God. And God says, you're my precious son and you're my precious daughter. And you're not defined by your diagnosis. That's what God says. But not only that, the world may say that you're defined by your addiction. That once an addict, always an addict. But God says, no, that you have been made a new creation in Christ. That the old has passed away and the new has come. And he says, I've made all things new. That includes you, by the way. He said that I've made all things new. That I've created you beautiful and that you are a treasure. And the world tries to put this label on us that you're a failure. That everything you touch fails and falls apart. But God says, no, you're an overcomer. And Christ says, you've overcome the world by the spirit and by the blood of the lamb that you have overcome. And that's how God sees you. We have to take off the labels that the world tries to put on us. And we have to take the new identity in Christ. We have to take what God has put upon us. Paul says it this way and invites us into this new identity. He says, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. And basically he's saying this, I've made you alive. That's your reality. That you're no longer trash, you're God's treasure. In fact, let's say it together this morning. I would just, some of you have never said this in your entire life, but say this after me. I am not trash. I am God's treasure. I am not trash. I am God's treasure. 
Some of you have to say that until you get it deep down inside of you and you begin to live out of it. Because a lot of you are living in a way that you believe that you are trash. A lot of you are living in a way that you believe that you're not God's treasure. But God wants to keep us grounded in that. Because the reality is we live in a world that will come and try to steal that identity away from you. This week I had a a meeting with a man who used to come to Victory over 30 years ago. And he was just stopping by. He lives in Georgia now. And a couple of interesting things about him. His name is Tony. And the first interesting thing is how full of passion that Tony is. And he wanted to stop by and just ask some advice about a new venture that he was starting, where he wanted to start this home for a ministry in Georgia, where it would be almost like a halfway house to start to teach to at-risk boys and girls, start to teach trades, and start to teach them to be electricians and plumbers and carpenters and do all this stuff. And he has such passion, I wanted to move to Georgia and start it with him, all right? I wanted to. And he just, he wanted some advice about how to structure it and how he should work with a ministry and all these different things, just full of passion, wanted to do this thing. That was the first interesting thing about him. The second interesting thing about Tony is that this year he will turn 80 years old. Come on, somebody. And if I could just speak this morning to those of the older saints who are among us, God's not done with you. God still has something. You saw Woody talks about Andy and how he's he's feeling out of his place now with Bonnie, and he doesn't know what his purpose is going to be after that. And he doesn't know, and he's transitioning into a new season. Just because it's a new season doesn't mean that God is done with you. And you older saints, we need you now more in the church more than ever before. We need you more in the church because in our church right now, in our church right now, there is an absence sometimes of wisdom. There is an absence of different things where we need you to speak those words back in, to have that passion again, to know that God is not done with you, that he has a season he wants to move you into. He has something for you. God is using you. You are not trash. You are God's treasure. And so the world, though, will try to put these labels on us. They'll try to say that you're not there, that you're not that, that it can't happen, that everything in your life is dead and it can't be raised to life. And God says that I am the resurrection and the life. God says that I can bring something new into your life, that I'm not done. I have something for you to do. And when you see yourself as damaged, God says that I'm the one who brings healing. And Jesus said, I'm the one who can heal the divides. I'm the one who can take something that is broken and I can make it new again. And God is speaking that to us this morning. You're not trash. You're God's treasure. You're not trash. That's the message of the gospel. What God brings to us, that there is no trash. He doesn't make accidents. God doesn't make accidents. God makes everything with a purpose. He creates everything for a purpose. When we're made to receive God's love, and then the second part of this message this morning, we're made to reciprocate it. We're made then to show God's love. In the movie, the toys love the kids, and the kids love the toys. So what does that look like for us in our lives? What does it look like to receive God's love and then to release it, to show it to others, to release that love to others? We have this opportunity to share that love with the world, with the people that we encounter. And oftentimes as Christians, it seems like it would just be easier if after we have been found, after we have been shown the love of Christ, it would be so much easier if we didn't have to then go after the others who haven't found Jesus yet. That seems to be the easier road, but it's not what God has called us to. God has called us to receive his love and then release it to others. In our movie, Forky is kidnapped by some dolls in this antique store. And the other toys, after picking up some new friends along the way, they have to make a decision whether they're going to go off with Bonnie and leave Forky or whether they're going to make a team and then try to rescue him from those who have kidnapped him. Lightyear. Hey, up here, Astro Boy. If you think you can just show up and take our top prize spot, you're wrong. Dead wrong. You don't understand. 
I'm trying to cheat get... the system and get with a kid? Yeah, we know. No, I need a child to shower you with unconditional love. Join the club, pal. Yeah, join the club. Come on, help me get out of here. Oh, I'll help you with my foot. Get him. <laughs> get him. Uh, Bunny, what are you doing? Hmm? I, I can't reach him. Help me out here. Come on. Oh, sorry, Ducky. I'm not a mind reader, you know. What, what's not to understand? Hmm? You make me say it? What? With these tiny legs, I cannot reach without your help. Oh. All right? Okay. This is what I've been talking about, honey. You need to work on paying attention and your listening skills. Ha! <laughs> How you like that, cheater? Huh? Wow! Yeah! <laughs> oh, oh, to infinity and my foot! Boom! In a galaxy far, far away, you got kicking the head! How do I get out of here? This planet is toxic. Closing helmet to conserve oxygen. In the vacuum of space, they cannot hear you scream! So that's what gravity feels like. Yeah, that's it. Hey, where are you going? You better get over here, space man! Put us back up there! <laughs> Buddy, what are you doing? He's getting away, let's go! I'm trying. Come on! Are you kidding me? Move over. You move over. Quit pushing me. Oh, my. Maker. That sheep has three heads. No, no, no. What? All six eyes just slipped into my soul. Don't have nightmares. That's most likely where your forky is being kept. All right. This isn't so bad. We just can't be seen by the dummies. Not just the dummies. Her cabinet is surrounded by a moat of exposed aisle where dragon roams. We can handle a cat. No, not this one. <gasps> Is that how we look on the inside? There's so much. <laughs> Here you go. That's our objective. We have to get that key. It's the only way inside the cabinet. You can't be serious. How are we supposed to do that? <laughs> okay. You know what? Leave that to us. We know exactly what to do. Mm hmm. Where did you two come from? Well, we're not doing that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Too visible. That's a good point. Something more subtle. Ooh, what about winner, winner, chicken dinner? Yes. The king! Uh, you're kidding. Really? Okay, okay. You just. Alright. Well, oh, what about the old plush rush? There you go. Don't interrupt. Okay. Right? Uh -huh. Not gonna happen. N O. Okay. Do you want the key or not? Ah, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with that? We just gave you three brilliant ideas. It's like it's one thing to say no, it's another thing to talk. How do we get that key? It was hard. Very difficult. Barely made it out alive. Yeah. So you're welcome. <laughs> the old plush rush works every time. <laughs> you know, it's interesting when we talk about our meaning and our purpose. It's not just for ourselves. Whenever we talk about meaning and purpose from a biblical standpoint, it is never just for ourselves. 
The truth is God has given us giftings and abilities and vision and purpose on this earth for other people. In order to help other people to use our gifts for others. I love how Ephesians 2.10 reminds us of that. It says we are God's handiwork. Some translations say workmanship. One of my favorites says work of art. That you are God's work of art created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for you to do. See God made you to do good for others. God made you to reach out for others so that they can experience flourishing. So that they can experience joy because of what you have to give them. And as this movie starts to end, Forky finally gets it. He finally understands that he's a toy. He knows who he is. And now the time comes, like it comes for all of us, for him to help someone else. Jesse's back. What's first grade like? Tell me everything. Well, it was... I was presenting and explained. Uh, you mean show and tell everything, guys. You see any kids eat paste? Guys, listen. Bonnie had a great day in first grade. She even made a new friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she made a new friend. Come on out. It's okay. Hi, I'm, uh, I'm Forky. Trash? No, no, toy. I am a... We are all toys. Unique, beautiful toys. I will explain everything. How am I uh, alive? I don't know. Okay, so, so maybe he doesn't get it all the way. So maybe he's not, he's not all the way there. But he's working on it, all right? He's getting there. When you know who God has made you to be, when you know why he's put you on the planet, when you realize your purpose, you'll realize that you're no longer trash, you're God's treasure. That God has people for you to reach. For some of you, you've got to write that down until you get it deep inside of you, that you can start to live out that truth, that you are a treasure of God. Because some of you are still living like you think that you're trash. And I get the sense that you feel that way because of different things that have happened to you or mistakes that you've made. And you've made bad decisions or you've messed up or you've broken things and you feel like they can't be fixed again. And some of you feel like, but you feel like God can never do anything else with you. But I want to remind you that God considers you treasure. That God loves you, that he created you for a purpose. And I want to remind you again this morning how God sees you, not how culture sees you. Not how maybe your family or your friends see you. Not how anyone else in this world sees you, but how God sees you. You begin to realize how God sees you as his treasure and how God will always offer forgiveness. How he always wants to welcome you back. How God always wants to give you a a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. How he always wants to forgive and he always wants to heal and he always wants to take what is broken and make something new. And how God loves you despite your past and he loves you despite your circumstances and he loves you despite what the world says about you. That God considers you treasure. And God wants to come into your life and say, I can heal the broken. And I can heal the divide because that's who I am. He is the God who can heal. And maybe you're here today and you've never experienced the full love of God. Or maybe you've never been united with your created, with your creator, or you've never been reunited with the one who created you. 
And maybe you've never been brought back into a place of relationship with God. I just want to give you a chance this morning. If you say, I've gone too far, or you say, I've walked away from him, or you say, something happened and I pushed God away. If that's you this morning, let today be the day that you come back. Because God is waiting for you. And he loves you, and he wants to put you back together, and he wants to breathe new life into you. He wants to give you that chance. So if that's you this morning, if you've never prayed that prayer to have a relationship with him, or you say, I've walked away from him and I want to come back, if that's you this morning, I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you stand up or come to the front. This is about between you and your Savior. But here's what I want to do across this room and those watching online. Would you just bow your heads with me this morning? And I want you to begin to make that decision in your own heart. If you say, that's me, I want to pray that prayer. I want to be reunited with God. I want to be united with my Creator. I want Him to heal me and to forgive me. And I want to be assured of my eternal life. If that's you today, you want to be a part of God's family. With no one else looking around, would you do me the favor? And this morning, would you just stretch up your hand and say, pray for me? If that's you this morning, great job. Just be bold. Great job. If you want to join those, great job. Great decision. Just be bold. Just stretch up your hand if you want to join those. You say, pray with me this morning. Great job. I see that hand in the back. I see your hand. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this morning. We're all going to pray together so no one feels alone. And I'm going to give you the words, but you have to mean it in your heart. So here we go, church. Let's pray with those who raised their hand. Just say these words after me. Say, Jesus, I believe you are my Savior. I believe you died for me. And that you created me for a purpose. Be the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I live for you. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you that you have made every single person for a purpose. That we are not trash, but we are your treasures, God. That you can heal the brokenness. That you can renew life. That you can change circumstances, Lord. Now, God, give us your strength and your power. God, that we can not only receive your love, but we can show it to others. That we can live the life that you have created us to live. And, Lord, we can say every day that we are not trash, but we are your treasures. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's church said amen and amen. Guys, have a blessed week as you go out. You're dismissed this morning. Hey, have an awesome day with your families. We'll see you next Sunday for the last Sunday of our At The Movie series.